Welcome to What About Bob? This is Bob Rainierson. It is October 12, 2020. It's getting close to trick-or-treat, but more importantly, as from tomorrow, it will be three weeks until Election Day. And I hope, if you haven't already voted, that you'll be making sure that you get registered. If you're not already, and make sure that you are casting your vote, hopefully for President Trump and any other Republican that's on the ticket. Because right now, the way I'm feeling, voting for any Democrat is voting us one step closer to socialism. We need to win back the House. We need to keep the Senate. So anyway, let's get started. Like many Americans, I'm watching a lot of news these days, and of course, it's all about the election. On a recent news report about undecided voters, a reporter was speaking with a woman who looked to be in her early 30s. Now, I was curious why in the world she's been identified as someone who hadn't made up her mind considering she was being interviewed in her front yard, and in plain sight, right behind her, was two vote for Biden-Harris signs. Now, nevertheless, the reporter popped the question, quote, who are you leaning toward in this election, ma'am? The lady answered, well, right now I'm leaning towards Biden. Hmm, I was thinking this woman must have a stage name of Miss Obvious. Lady, for God's sakes, you've got two. Don't you see him? That's right, two Biden-Harris signs directly behind you. Who are you trying to fool? I mean, that is your front yard, right? But here's the clincher. The reporter then asked her why she was leading Joe Biden. And this is where I nearly lost my lunch because her answer? Because I want to see us return to an environment of civility. Hmm. Now, just to be sure, now I thought I knew what civility meant, but I, I just wanted to be sure. So I looked up the definition of civility. And what I found was, quote, formal politeness in behavior or speech. Formal politeness in behavior or speech. Okay. But incivility has become the battle cry for the progressives. They, want, they have this need for a more civil behavior. Really? What bullshit. Of course, such rhetoric simply means they don't like President Trump. They don't like the way he calls libs from out behind the woodshed. They fume over the names he gives them. Sleepy Joe, Crooked Hillary, Leaking James Comey, Crazy Bernie. He's got a nickname for everyone. Or it might be because of his never-ending insults, and he can dish him out. Just like the tweet he sent out mocking Senator Elizabeth Warren's claims to have Native American heritage. The president tweeted, if you recall, quote, Today, Elizabeth Warren, sometimes referred to me as Pocahontas, joined the race for president. Will she run as our first Native American presidential candidate? Or has she decided that after 32 years, this is not playing so well anymore? Unquote. And of course, as you well know, most of her fellow progressives came to her defense. How dare he say that? Trump's a racist. Trump's a sexist. Of course, 
as we also know, after other interested parties began raising questions, Elizabeth Warren went out and put her DNA to the test. She'll show us. What a twit. Yes, there was some indication of a native connection. One slash five, one, two, to be precise. That's one 512th part Native American in her bloodstream. Maybe she kissed a Pawnee. I don't know. But it couldn't have been much more than that. You cannot claim minority status just to get yourself in a prestigious university when it's based on misleading conjecture. But Liz did. Outwardly lied. But, as the progressives remind us, it's Trump who is uncivil. Doesn't matter what the facts suggest. But what does matter is that the loud incivility did not begin with Republicans. And to suggest otherwise is ludicrous. Let's start off by returning to days of old. 1987, to be exact. It was to be the beginning for any Republican-nominated candidate to the Supreme Court to be treated like whale crap by the Democrats. And whereas history has shown, any Democrat-nominated candidate would be given extreme professional courtesy, but not those nominated by Republican. And considering right now, at this point in history, all the fire and brimstone brought on by the Dems over the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett. You may want to listen closely to what I'm about to talk about. And you know his name, Judge Robert Bork. He was a constitutional originalist with impeccable credentials, nominated by President Ronald Reagan. And as reported, the Dems who sat on the Senate Judicial Committee that would interview the judge had prepared prepared quite well, I might add, to drag the man and his good name through the mud. Most famous of everything, perhaps, was in a prepared statement, Senator Teddy Kennedy, you remember Teddy, the man who just less than 20 years prior had the blood of Mary Jo Kopechny's on on his hands from Chappaquiddick, and who up to that point had disgraced his own family name, Tip the hand of just how uncivil elected officials could, officials could be. Kennedy read his statement, barely looking up from the text, quote, Robert Bork's America is a land in which women would be forced into back alley abortions. Blacks would sit at segregated lunch counters. Rogue police could break down citizens' doors in midnight raids. School children could not be taught about evolution. Writers and artists could be censored at the whim of the government. And the doors of the federal courts would be shut on the fingers of millions of citizens for whom the judiciary is and is often the only protector of individual rights that are at the heart of our democracy. Now, just exactly what Kennedy said, and this was back in 87, this is the same crap that the Democrats are continuing to put out about any Republican-nominated uh, person to, be, to sit on the, uh, on the Supreme Court. I mean, for God's sakes, what Kavanaugh had to go through, what Judge Thomas, had, Justice Thomas had to go through. I mean, and yeah, do you recall anything like that for Justice Kagan or Justice Sotomayor? Or for that matter of fact, Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg? No, because there was none. 
Because from Teddy Kennedy and just about every other Democrat that sat on that judicial committee back in 1987, it was all fabrication, all lies. But it succeeded, denying this country an extraordinary jurist. And eventually Bork bowed out. And the left-leaning media and all those Democratic senators gloated for the victory they had snared. But there is a side note. And in a piece written by Jordan Davidson that appeared in The Federalist just this last September 29th, Davidson reminded us that Joe Biden was a key member of that committee. And he, like Kennedy, was not shy in tar and feathering Robert Bork. But The Federalist article also focused on a letter to the Wall Street Journal by Bork's widow, Mary Ellen Bork. Even if many Democrats have chosen to put that piece of history behind them, Mary Ellen Bork has not forgotten. She wrote, quote, In the course of one week, Senator Biden orchestrated a vicious lying assault and was caught passing off someone else's words as his own. Thirty-three years later, he is still a man without a compass, guided now by prevailing progressive winds. But Mary Ellen Bork wasn't through, and as if offering a warning, she stated, we will all have tears in our eyes if Joe Biden is elected president. So, what else do we have in the files when it comes to liberal incivility? Well, despite his involvement in bringing about an end to the Soviet bloc, Ronald Reagan was discarded as a lightweight by the liberal media. CBS's Morley Safer casually commented to Larry King, I don't think history has any reason to be kind to him. Now, this, this is amazing, simply because he did help bring down the Soviet bloc. Economy went up under President Reagan. Of course, a lot of the Dems mocked him for Star Wars, which ultimately, as time has proven, much of what he brought out as far as the possibilities of, 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 defending ourselves against nuclear attack um, has kind of transpired with the direction and the vision that was shared by President Reagan back in the days. But many people forget also that in 1983, this is less than three years into his presidency, seven Democratic members of Congress initiated a resolution to impeach Ronald Reagan by claiming the president had committed a high crime or misdemeanor over his ordering the Grenada invasion. Well, the more things change, the more they stay the same, don't they? I mean, sound familiar? The same stupid tactics to push someone out of the way so the Dems can have total power is to try impeachment, to remove somebody for baseless charges, a person who was voted into office by Americans. But that doesn't matter to the Dems. They'll stop at nothing. But, oh, they're civil, right? Remember President Barack Obama's words when he criticized the police officers who confronted and then arrested Professor Henry Gates because a neighbor called saying an unidentified person appeared to be breaking into a house? The police who were doing their job questioned the professor. He was arrested because he acted like an insane fool, not because of his breaking into the house, They were trying to get some answers from him, but he was indignant. But Obama made it into a racial issue and probably lit the fuse to the anti-police attitude we are seeing today all across America. But he lectured us anyway, saying the Cambridge police acted stupidly 
in arresting somebody when there was already proof that they were in their own home. No, not at the time. They were trying to get some answers out of him. They could have worked it out if only the good professor had maintained some, what is the word I'm looking for? Oh, civility. But Gates showed his, but excuse me, Obama showed his bias then, but that wasn't all. It was Obama, if you remember, and I'm sure you do, who mocked middle America saying, and it's not surprising then that they get bitter. They cling to guns or religion or antipathy to people who aren't like them or anti-immigrant sentiment or anti-trade sentiment as a way to explain their frustrations. In that one brief statement, Obama denounced gun owners, people of faith, and those who believed in the law. He sowed the seeds for those who now call for the sidelining of our Constitution. And of course, there was his jab at hardworking Americans with his famous, you didn't build that. Now, how civil, I ask you, how civil and false is that attitude? Do we dare stop? Why, no. Hillary Clinton, not to be outdone by Obama, referred a middle America as a basket of deplorables. Some people are, suspect that it may have been that statement, that most revealing statement from the attitude of what the elites think of all of us on the ground out here, that may have cost Hillary the election, perhaps. But I think most Americans knew that she thumbed her nose at us with her holier-than-thou attitudes. And how about the queen of civility, Maxine Waters? Well, there's the gift that keeps on giving. Remember what she said about Trump people? Quote, if you see them anywhere, if you see them in a restaurant, if you see them in a department store, even at a gasoline station, just tell them you're not welcome here or anywhere. Yabba, 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 yabba. Waters also said about conservatives, quote, this is a bunch of scumbags. That's what they are. Unquote. Of course, she also called, previously called former Vice President Cheney a thief. I'm sure he didn't lose any sleep over that one. But nevertheless, she's still the one that points her fingers at us. Of course, I'll tell you what, who is the, the candidate who's running against her right now for her seat, whose campaign commercial shows where she lives in her $6 million house? which is outside the district she represents. I'm rooting for that guy. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. I guess civility is when a Democratic presidential candidate pays a flaky British intelligence officer for a made-up dossier, which in turn provided the FBI under James Comey a motive. And by all indications, with the knowledge and approval of both President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden, the opportunity to falsely accuse Donald Trump of collaboration with the Russians. And oh, did the Dems run with that as long as they could. And when it all came down that there was nothing, how many of them civilly apologized? Eh, I don't think any of them, did they? Anyway, I guess civility means a presidential candidate can hide out in his basement give the press bits of crumbs as to where he stands on issues. I guess it also means that when Biden was confronted by Las Vegas reporter Ross DiMattea 
about his stance on court packing and then asked, quote, don't the voters deserve to know? Biden's cursed respo- curt response was crystal clear of what he thought of those citizens whose vote he wants. He replied, no, they don't deserve to know. But then again, perhaps Joe Biden was at his civility peak when he told a black radio personality, quote, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Of course, the mainstream media played that episode down, just like they downplayed the time when a young 21-year-old female asked Bizarro Joe a question that got under his skin. And his crude response in return was that she was, you know this one, quote, lying, dog-faced, pony soldier, unquote. Now, let's stop here just a second, just a second. I want to go back in to my text here because maybe I maybe I missed something here. Let's see. What was it that the definition of civility, formal politeness in behavior or speech? Well, I mean, I guess that's just Joe's definition to call somebody a lying dog-faced pony soldier. That that That's civil. I, that's polite, right? So, yeah. There's Joe's definition. I guess there's the dictionary's definition because Joe has done it over and over and over again and always gets away with it. When it comes right down to it, civility is an image thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Lack of civility can certainly rub people the wrong way. The scout leader, the president of your PTA, maybe even the bartender at the local pub. And when people as such lack civility, perhaps you have them removed or you stop giving them your business. But right now, at this moment in history, civility should not be the issue on which we make our determination on who to vote for. The stakes are much too high. Now, and again, as Trump got me all riled up when he's made statements against people, yeah. I mean, I think the one that will always stand out in people's mind was the one about John McCain, you know? I, I have often wondered if, if down the line, Trump won't come out and maybe even apologize. On the other hand, McCain had already made clear his position on Trump. And if we know anything about Trump, is that once you throw a barb at him, he's going to come back at you tenfold. So, I mean, it, it just, I mean, that's Trump. Or as the saying goes, let Trump be Trump. But if your skin isn't thick enough for you to look past bombastic or highly irritating comments, or your sensitivities are much too frail, then maybe you should retreat to your own basement like the candidate you're leaning towards. In his book, The Case for Trump, which is a good book, if you haven't read it, you should, Victor Davis Hanson summed up why the voters brushed aside civility during the 2016 election. Victor Davis Hanson wrote, quote, Trump challenged more than agendas and assumptions of the political establishment. His method of campaigning and governing, indeed his very manner of speech and appearance, was an affront to the Washington political classes and the media 
and to the norms of political discourse and behavior. His supporters saw the hysterical outrage that Trump instilled instead as a catharsis, his uncouthness, even if it was at times antithetical to their own code of conduct, was greeted by them as a long-needed comeuppance to the doublespeak and the hedging that characterized modern politics. But I think it extremely important, speaking from my position now, I think it extremely important to remember that what you are seeing as civility from the progressives and their socialist Democratic Party minions is only a curtain that hides the tyranny that awaits this election. The survival of this republic depends on its true patriots, and the age of incivility may have only just begun. Okay, before we close out here, I got one for you. What do you call a liberal with an IQ of 130? The answer, a foursome. I want to thank you, any of you who are listening to my podcast. I want to thank you for doing so. And if you think it's worth anything, I surely invite you back. And also, too, if you think it's worth anything, I would love for you to spread the word around. So I'll always be here at What About Bob? And don't be afraid to hang that Trump flag. Don't be afraid to, you know, when somebody's sitting there talking about how terrible Trump is, give them some open-ended questions. Well, what makes you say that, you know? Because oftentimes they can't back their words up. You may already know that. Do not be afraid to wear your MAGA hat, your Trump shirt, your thin blue line shirt, your thin red line shirt, your pro-military shirts, or clothing or fashion or whatever. Stand up for what you believe in out there. Do not be intimidated by the leftist mob. That's what they bank on is that you'll go run and hide in your own basement from them. So anyway, you have a good upcoming week here. And... This is it. Take care.